Good evening, and welcome to the Legal Eagle Review, an informative and thought-provoking weekly show covering legal issues affecting everyday people. We know that there are many things that you could be doing with your time, and we appreciate your decision to share this time with us. I'm April Dawson. My co-host, Irving Joyner, is not able to be with us this evening, but he is here in spirit. We are law professors at North Carolina Central University School of Law, and we're your co-hosts. The Legal Eagle Review is sponsored by the NCCU School of Law. We thank you for joining us this evening. North Carolina Central University School of Law graduated its first class in 1943. The mission of NCCU School of Law is to provide high quality, personalized, practice-oriented, and affordable legal education to historically underrepresented students from diverse backgrounds to increase the diversity of the legal profession. On May 6, 122 North Carolina Central University School of Law students fulfilled a dream and became the law school's graduates. The law school journey can be challenging and it takes determination, perseverance, and support. We are so very proud of each of our graduates and commend them for reaching this goal. Tonight, we have four very special guests, uh, four of our recent graduates and soon-to-be lawyers, and they're joining us this evening to talk about their legal education journey and what's next for them. Our guests for this discussion, we have Brittany Reeves, Brandon Hedgebeth, Shante Mays, and Malcolm Lewis. So first of all, congratulations to each of you and thank you for joining us for this discussion. All right, so first, I'd like for each of you to share some background with us. So what did you do prior to coming to law school? And what was it about your journey that led you to decide to become a lawyer? And Ms. Rees, why don't we start with you? So um, because I, I came to law school a bit earlier than others, um, I didn't have a full-time job uh, before attending law school. Um, uh, one of the reasons I decided to pursue a law career is uh, my father had to file a case with the army to um, super his medical retirement. And the lack of benefits and um, financial support that he received uh, negatively affected my family. Um, so it brought us into situations where we had to address, you know, landlord tenant um, law, uh, insurance law, um, even to like traffic tickets, stuff like that. Anything that involved money uh, seems to be a, a larger burden because we didn't have the financial support that others had. And so watching him take the time to um, follow through with this case without the assistance of an attorney changed my view of what attorneys do and how important their work is um, and how it's not just about winning a case. Uh, the work that we do controls whether people have roofs over their heads and clothes on their backs. And so I think that that experience motivated me um, to choose to pursue a career in law um, because I didn't work, I went to an early college um, for high school and I graduated with 86 college credits. Um, and a lot of that had to do with that uh, financial burden that I mentioned previously. Um, my parents were very big on going to school, but as far as um, who was gonna pay for it, uh, that was the big question. And so I knew that my strategy would be trying to obtain as many free college credits as I could to you know, limit how much I had to pay afterwards. And so um, I took a lot of college classes in high school, graduated 86 credits. And so I only needed um, one more year to complete my bachelor's degree. And so because of the program that I attended at Fayetteville State University, they gave me a deputy scholarship to cover my expenses for that year. And because I was very clear about what I wanted to do regarding you know, going to law school, um, I worked with some staff and faculty at the high school and at the college level um, during my time in high school uh, to be prepared for getting into law school. And I got accepted to Central when I was 18 and I enrolled when I was 19. 
So, yeah. And you decided to um, do more than just the typical three years because you also <laughs> decided to get a master's in, in history and we'll have a chance to, to delve into that more. But yes, you were one of our youngest, you were one of our youngest uh, 1L students that we've ever had. And you're certainly, I think the youngest graduate that we've ever had, particularly with the dual degree program. And, uh, and I should also mention that you were the first to get the dual degree, the JD history in masters. So you are a, a trailblazer um, despite your youth and your young years. All right, uh, Brandon Hedgebeth, why don't you share what you were doing before deciding to go to law school and what made you to decide to become a lawyer? Oh, yes, ma'am. Um, prior to law school, I was enrolled at North Carolina Central University as an undergraduate student. Um, so I was going through my regular coursework there, uh, participating in particular organizations. I would say that as far as my interest um, in the law, I'll preface this before I get into it by saying that originally, uh, what I'm interested in now isn't what my interest or what my uh, what sparked my interest in the law. So I grew up in a community, I'm from High Point, North Carolina. I grew up in a community that has some socioeconomic issues like larger cities. Um, so we, 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 ordinar we ordinarily saw, you know, different things, whether it had been uh, dealings with police or issues with police or whether it was, you know, gang violence and drugs and those kind of things. But it, it seemed as though we never really had the answers for what to do if we did, you know, encounter police or, you know, what the what the answer to the community issues were. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of funny actually because growing up, me and all my friends, our favorite show was Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and um, something that the, my first impression of a lawyer was Uncle Phil on the show. And I told my friends that I'm going to be like Uncle Phil. I want to be able to, you know, have the answers. I want to be able to, you know. Because in, in the show, anytime there was something going on with Will or Carlton or something like that, he always had the answer. And we came, something something moved. Um, and so that was my first impression of the law. Uh, and so from there, I was telling my family, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to law, I'm gonna go to law school, I'm gonna, I'm gonna study this, I'm gonna do this. Um, going to undergrad, fast forward again, um, some of the involvements I had with Student Government Association, vice president, president, I had the privilege of being able to serve on the board of trustees. Um, and from there uh, in internships, I was able to uh, be exposed to uh, corporate structures and corporate attorneys and other attorneys and just individuals that further grew my knowledge of what the legal profession was and different aspects of corporate law. And um, from their mentorship, it, it led me down the path uh, before going to law school here to pursue corporate law. So that's kind of been my journey. Excellent, excellent. And we'll we'll get into this um, as well a little later, but you've mentioned all of the student leadership roles that you had in undergrad and you continued that th theme here in law school as well. Thank you, Shante Mays. Yes, so um, I am also a licensed cosmetologist in addition to an aspiring lawyer. And so prior to law school, I was working in that capacity for almost a decade um, prior to starting. Um, COVID actually shut my salon down. And so that's when I officially retired um, from being a nail technician. Um, but I was in that capacity for uh, from 17 to 27, started law school at 27. So I started a little bit later than the average with a much different career path than, than what Brittany just spoke about. Um, so during my undergrad, I actually started off majoring in business management with the intention of staying in the beauty industry forever um, and opening up my own salon and just pursuing that career path. But I took a business law class um, during that time period and just immediately, immediately knew, immediately fell in love with it and knew that, that I wanted to be a business lawyer instead. Um, so after that semester, I changed my associate's degree major to paralegal studies. I wanted to do a little tester and ensure before I started this 10-year journey of becoming a lawyer um, that that's the route I wanted to go. So I completed my paralegal assistant um, associate's degree and 
was for sure and was committed to becoming a lawyer after that. Um, it was difficult because at that time I was a single parent of my oldest daughter. And so um, committing to a path of being a student for the next, you know, seven years was like, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's what I can do. That's going to be a huge investment for me. And I don't know if I really have the time to juggle because I had to work my whole time through undergrad as well. Um, but I did. And so I pursued that route was, thank God, able to pull it off. Um, and I'm here now. And so I'm still pursuing becoming a corporate business lawyer, have ex actually accepted a position to be a corporate business lawyer um, starting this fall. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of what my journey was under. I had more children along the way, got married along the way. Um, it was a really long, windy road for me. I've been a student for all of my life since kindergarten. And so for the first time not being a student, it's a really unique feeling. So, yes. All right. Well, well, thank you. And um, I, I've had the pleasure of, of getting to know all four of you. And so I feel like I need to interject um, some of what I know. And so, uh, Miss Mays, you were one of our first students to work at Intel after your 1L year. And you talked about how when you started undergrad, you, you had anticipated being a cosmetologist, a business owner, and that was it. Um, and, and it demonstrates the twist and turns that life takes. And so at that time you weren't, um, I don't know if technology law was really on your radar, but you were open to being exposed to it. And now you find yourself at one of the top technology firms um, in the country. So, and we'll again, have a chance to flesh some of that out um, later in the show. And we have Malcolm Lewis. So Malcolm, share with us, Mr. Lewis, share with us uh, what you were doing prior to law school and what led you to decide you wanted to become a lawyer. Absolutely. So prior to law school, I came immediately from undergrad. I attended Western Carolina University, but I would say that my interest in becoming a lawyer started much younger. Originally, my family is from Brooklyn, New York, and we moved across many states all along the East Coast from New York to Vermont, to Georgia, to North Carolina, back to Vermont, back to North Carolina. So I just, there was a lot of moving going on um, in my early youth. And I'll say during the time where we lived in Decatur, Georgia, right outside of, it, of Atlanta, my mother was a paralegal. And every day after elementary school, we would get a, a bus and ride over and get dropped off at the firm um, and just kind of spend there until my mother was finished working until she felt comfortable. She was a very diligent, hard worker, um, very much loved and respected at the firm. And so that was kind of like my first introduction into being surrounded by legal professionals from paralegals to uh, associate attorneys to partners and everyone in that um, capacity. And from there, you know, having conversations with the attorneys and my mom, especially, she always said, oh, you know, I would have went to law school, but of course she had to make certain sacrifices with the kids because I am the oldest of seven children. So initially it was, okay, well, I'm gonna finish that goal for her. So every, what do you, what do you wanna be when you grow up every career day assignment? Mine was to become an attorney. And I think starting so early on, I kind of fell in love with it myself. And I knew then that I wanted to be an attorney. I didn't know exactly in what space, what practice area, but I wanted to do it for her and I wanted to do it for myself. And I'm, I'm happy that I was able to accomplish that. Excellent. And I should mention that you, uh, in terms of your diligence and, and perseverance, you are ahead of the curve. You are one of the few students who, while in law school, decided to study for and pass the Certified Information Privacy Professional Certification. So there are many lawyers who wish they had that certification, and you have that already in law school. And, and you have the US, the one that focuses on the US, and I know you're studying for the European one. And so, um, yes, we will get a chance to kind of talk about that a little bit more as well. So, well, well, thank you all. We're going to have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we want to delve in and get your thoughts on the kind of culture shock of law school. Like I remember that, uh, that first year very, I'm not gonna say fondly, it was very different than what I had anticipated. Even though I had talked to folks about law school, it's one of those things where you can't fully appreciate or understand 
what will be required of you until you are in that situation. And so when we come back, we'll have each of you kind of share what that first year looked like. You're listening to the Legal Eagle Review here on WNCU 90.7 FM. And this past May, 2023, we had 122 NCCU School of Law students fulfill their dreams to become law school graduates of this very fine institution. We have this evening as our guests, four of our recent graduates and soon-to-be lawyers, Brittany Reeves, Brandon Hedgebeth, Shante Mays, and Malcolm Lewis. We're going to have to take a quick break. We hope you stay with us. We'll be right back. North Carolina Central University School of Law was founded in 1939 to provide opportunities for African-American students to become lawyers. Embracing our heritage, the mission of NCCU Law is to provide a quality, personalized, practice-oriented, and affordable education to historically underrepresented students from diverse backgrounds to increase diversity in the legal profession. We empower our graduates to become highly competent and socially responsible lawyers and leaders committed to public service and to meeting the needs of underserved communities. NCCU Law is excited to announce the creation of the NCCU Technology Law and Policy Center, made possible by the generous pledge of $5 million by Intel Corporation. The mission of the NCCU Technology Law and Policy Center is to produce technology-conscious lawyers who will use technology in alignment with the law school's mission to, one, facilitate the efficient, effective, and ethical practice of law, and two, increase the access of legal information and services to underserved communities. You can learn more about the Technology Law and Policy Center by visiting the NCCU Law website. And we're back. Thank you again for tuning in to the Legal Eagle Review here on WNCU 90.7 FM. I'm April Dawson. My co-host Irving Joyner is not able to be with us here today, but he is always here in spirit. This evening, we are talking with four of our recent graduates. We had 122 students graduate on May 6th, and they are now soon to be lawyers. So we are talking this hour about the law school journey. So last hour, you all, or last segment, you all were able to kind of share what you were doing uh, prior to going to law school. You talked about what led you to want to become a lawyer. And as we all know, that first year of law school can be incredibly jarring. So I'd like each of you to share with our listeners what adjustments you had to make during that first year of law school. And Mr. Lewis, let's start with you. Absolutely. So I would say while it was a culture shock, I kind of had an appetizer to what the our first year of law school would be, given that it was majority virtual. And that was um, because I graduated in the spring of 2020. So I think how it went was we were in school, then we went on spring break then they extended spring break for another week. And then they just kind of told us, okay, no one's going back to school. The rest of our semester was going to be virtual. So the half of my last semester of my senior year of college was virtual. So I kind of got familiar with the Zoom and got familiar with having that style of teaching, um, but it was very brief. So I was hoping to be in person for law school, but I wasn't as I wasn't as worried with the style of method because I've seen it before. I, I was able to quickly adjust so that I can complete my undergraduate career and you know start law school. Um, I will say um, one of the additional adjustments was where I originally attended undergrad was five hours away from my immediate family. So a lot of times it was just you know me being independent and kind of you know if I hung out with people it was more friends or some of my fraternity members and we often did a lot of 
events or just outings and you know fellowshipping and stuff like that. However, um, North Carolina Central University School of Law is only 20 minutes from my immediate family. So of course, I would want to spend more time with my family, spend more time with siblings. However, due to the time demands of law school, I had to, you know, kind of learn how to manage my time more wisely and to incorporate in that family time because I was apart from them for four years, but also make sure that I'm putting enough time into my studies. So I think that was kind of the adjustments and the shock that I had to endure during my first year of law school. Yes, and you mentioned virtual. That that year was um, a, a challenging year for, for all of us, but especially for those of you who were beginning your first year of law school in the pandemic. Uh, so you all have had to go through and experience challenges on top of the normal kind of challenges that you have with law school. So definitely kudos to, to all of you. Um, Mr. Hedgebeth, what about you? What was that first year like? What adjustments did you have to make? Definitely. Um, I would say that my senior year was definitely similar to Malcolm's in the, in the fact that when on spring break extended, you guys aren't coming back. You have to come pick up your stuff at a, a, a different part of the, the summer or something like that. And then uh, fast forward, going to law school, as a, as a student that never selected any type of virtual learning, I didn't like it. Um, and then on top of that, a pandemic, not being able to be around my peers was something I wasn't used to. Being at NCCU, I'm used to being around such a numerous amount of people and then having to be in the house for a better part of the day was pretty difficult. Um, I think that another adjustment I had to make as well was from thinking that I was a really good student in uh, doing pretty well academically in undergrad and then coming to law school and getting my first assessments back, seeing that I failed all of them for the, for the most part and having to figure out what am I gonna do from here? Uh, what, what do I need to change in my study method and my study time and office hours questions and things of that nature? And how do I reach out for help and what kind of things do I talk about when I do reach out for help? I think are all adjustments I had to make um, ultimately because just the entire atmosphere of learning for me had changed in the rigor of law school. I knew it was great, but it was greater than what I thought it would be. Yes. Miss um, May, so while Mr. Lewis and Mr. Hedgebeth were, went directly to law school from undergrad, you took at least a decade off. Yeah, so I actually was working and working on my undergrad simultaneously. So I did take one semester off in between um, my undergrad. I graduated undergrad December 2019, took January off to relocate my family to North Carolina, and then started law school fall of 2020. Um, but my undergrad took so long because I was going part-time some semesters, um, taking maternity leave some semesters and, you know, things like that. So it was really, uh, it was really drug out four years. It, it was really, yeah. So, um, but anyway, my first year of law school was so brutal. Oh my gosh, law school was so painful. Um, I would say the biggest adjustment for me, first of all, like like Mr. Hedgebeth just mentioned, most of us in law school are coming from being doing well academically. Um, and law school is a really humbling experience when it comes to that. Um, I actually remember Professor Joyner writing on my first essay that I ever wrote in law school. This is a very poorly written essay. And I was just so taken back by that. I had never received that kind of feedback before. And it was really, um, it was really soul wrenching. Like it was really, really difficult to hear that, especially when I put so much blood, sweat and tears into um, my studies. I would say the one thing that was the most difficult about 1L year, um, like you had previously mentioned Dean Dawson is no, nothing prepares you for that. There is nothing that can, allow you to understand the caliber at which you're going to be studying and retaining information and um and just and just stumbling through trying to understand how to think like a lawyer it's really 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 hard um i was studying probably 14 hours a day 6 days a week 
um, for my whole entire 1L year and constantly at fear of being academically dismissed. So I watched seven of my peers be sent home our first semester of law school in the peak of COVID. No, no mercy. So, you know, that that's always, you know, in the back of your mind to understand that when you are getting exhausted and you are just like, I don't want to do this anymore. You have that fear of uh, the con constantly having the possibility of being let go. So I think all of it was extremely difficult for me mentally. Um, but while my peers said that the being on Zoom was also an added layer of difficulty, I grew to appreciate it because I think the time, I wouldn't have been able to study for 14 hours straight if I was commuting to campus, um, seeing my peers in between classes in the hallways and, and just having so much distractions, having to meal prep and you know things like that that are required when you are actually leaving the house. So I was able to invest that time into my studies instead. Um, thank God I did well academically my one all year, but I was, I was in constant fear of not. And I think that's the first time that I ever uh, felt that level of fear or felt like I, I might, I might be dismissed. So that was really scary and it was really difficult to learn. And it was way more hours of studying than I ever could have expected. And I don't think that, I don't think that anyone can just overemphasize that enough to you. It, it is truly so many hours of studying and it still never feels like enough. So yeah, very difficult experience for me one all year. And people don't realize, or I certainly did not realize how much reading and writing is required. I thought I was, when I decided to go to law school, I thought I would be up arguing cases and, you know, um, demonstrating my verbal prowess but it requires a tremendous amount of reading and writing, and it's hard to fully appreciate that until you are there. And so, Ms. Reeves, you were on the fast track through education. So you got high school, you were able to accumulate so many college hours, which is such an, a smart strategy. And I hope folks that are listening, um, if there are young people who are listening who are in high school or even pre-high school that they will utilize that strategy or if folks are listening and they have young people in their lives that they can influence. So incredibly smart. So fast track, high school, undergrad, law school. What was your first year experience like? So um, it was interesting. It was very interesting. Uh, the best way I like to explain it to people is um, so to put it in perspective, I was entering law school after graduating high school a year ago. And so there's a lot of, you know, character development that people have in undergrad that I did not have in undergrad because I didn't spend much time there. Um, and then on top of that, uh, this was my first time being away from home. So I went to the early college that was on the undergraduate campus at Fayetteville State University. All my family is there, all my friends are there. So this is like my freshman year of undergrad, but in law school, which is very different. Um, so I remember coming up here and um, of course, when I when I got to orientation, everybody was saying, um, you know, main campus is over here. I'm like, well, I'm here for the law school. <laughs> um, and I remember literally waking up with anxiety every single day. And I've never experienced anything like that. Um, I've always been a very confident individual. So I literally remember waking up and going to sleep with fear, nothing but fear. Um, and so once I was able to start taking classes, um, I realized that a lot of my peers who had spent some time out of school, you know, when they come to law school, they're applying what they're learning to, to their real life experiences. I did not have those experiences. Um, so for instance, I took property before I had my own lease. So there was a lot of like, vocabulary words that I had in my studying, trying to figure out what does this even mean? Um, and I think that that added on to the amount of information that I had to learn. It was like information overload. Um, and so that made it even more difficult. And then I think from like a social aspect, um, you know, everybody else was like 21 and up. So when they had like networking events or uh, the students would get together, you know, they can get into wherever. I cannot. So I spent 
a lot of time by myself, a lot of time by myself with all of my books, with all of my study. I really thought I was losing my mind. Um, and I probably did just a little bit. And then um, once I got a little more acclimated with my work and my peers, um, spring break happened. So I came in in 2019. So I came in the year before this graduating class. So um, spring break comes and I'm like, you know, I think I have a good handle. I made it back after the first semester and COVID happens. And so I um, was staying with family at the time. So I pack up my stuff and I go back to Fayetteville. And uh, one thing that I noticed was, you know, my family, when I talked about school, you know, they, they understood school as, you know, oh, Brittany, Brittany's great at it. Like she's fine. She's been doing amazing in high school. She's doing amazing in undergrad. And I kept trying to explain to them, you know, this is not regular school. <laughs> and so I think going back home and I'm at the house, but they don't see me and I'm trying to study and I'm trying to um, basically adapt to this drastic change of going from in-person learning to virtual learning in the middle of my one year. Um, it was a struggle. It was, it was more of a struggle than it was when I was away because to them, if I was away, they, they understood to leave me alone. But, you know, like Brittany is home and I'm also the oldest. So um, anybody that's the oldest knows, you know, if you're home, you're, you're the gopher, you help everybody, that's what you do. And I couldn't do that, I had too much stuff to do. Um, and so I remember being at my parents' house and I'm like, I don't quit anything in life. I do not quit anything in life. I will not quit law school. However, <clears throat> if they choose not to invite me back, I will not be upset. I won't be upset. I, I'll take it in stride <laughs> because I did not sign up for this at all. And, um, you know, I think another thing we don't talk about regarding the pandemic is um, like politically, there was a lot of like racial tension going on. There was so much going on to the point where it was like, I felt discouraged in what I was doing. And I also felt like what I was doing in law school was so minute compared to everything else that's going on in the world. And so I was just very over it. But um, surprisingly, I did better my second semester than I did my first semester. And so half of me was like, you know, that's great. And then the other half of me was like, I have to go back to this school again, yay. Um, so it was, it was a rough year. It was a very rough year um, for a plethora of reasons. But I think that it was probably one of the most transformative years I will probably ever have in my life. It was a drastic change in a short amount of time. But um, there's, there were so many differences, uh, not just like academically, but personally, that I saw between my previous, my year in undergrad and then my second year of law school, just because of one year. So, yeah. Yes, and you know, it's interesting you mentioned you did better that second semester as so many students do, law students do, because you come in with expectations of what it's going to look like. And then you have to be disabused of your, you know, erroneous expectations and you have to make adjustments. And so that's, um, that's, yeah, very common. Uh, I know I experienced that and most, most law students I know have experienced that. Um, Ms. Reeves, I want to stay with you for a minute because as you mentioned, you came in 2019. So you had the experience of starting in person and then having to shift your second year you were focusing primarily on the master's in history program. So I, I believe you had some law school classes, but for those students that are getting a dual degree, instead of it being a three-year program, it's a four-year program. Can you talk about why, one, you decided to do the dual degree and just tell us a little bit what about what that second year was like where you were taking classes both in the law school and the history, NCCU history department? Yeah, so um, when I came into the law school, one of the things that attracted me to Central was that they offered a um, joint degree program for a master's in history. I've always loved history. Um, my bachelor's degree was in history and it's one of those things that makes things make sense to me. I think understanding the origin of something helps me understand uh, what comes after that, the product. And um, as I was saying before, you know, my one year was just, it was really rough. And I felt like I didn't understand all of what was going on. Like it was just a lot. And so I went to something that was familiar to me, which is, which is history. And um, everybody was telling me that I was, I was crazy 
and I might have been just a little bit because they're like Brittany you know you're already doing law school in a pandemic like why would you want to add an additional degree to that but I'm like I know for me it not only extended my time in law school because I was saying you know that development that my peers had I didn't have I, I had this is the first time I've ever spent four years somewhere you know since high school so um I wanted to extend my time and also add something to my law degree that would make it make sense to me. Like I, I, I was starting to forget why I decided to go to law school. So I talked to uh, Professor Dawson about the dual degree program. And I wanted to see, you know, like what students had done the program, what were their experiences like? And I was informed that nobody had done the program. I was like, oh, okay, um, <laughs> cool. Again, no guidance, great. Um, so I talked to the history department and they were very excited about having the student who was actually interested in it. And I think I coupled my master's courses that year with my constitutional law class, which I also had with uh, Professor Dawson. And when I tell you, it seemed like everything like in life, not just academically, everything in life started to click because I'm taking these history courses along with constitutional law, which we know is like a, a legal history course. So I'm seeing how certain historical events connect to legal historic events and how these legal strategies are made. And then we're still in the pandemic. I'm still witnessing what's going on politically, making those connections to what has already transpired in history, the legal strategies that were used that failed, those that were uh, successful. And then um, seeing how those legal strategies could be used to the issues that I was experiencing. So um, I think that instead of taking those master courses prior to law school, I think it was perfect that I took them after my first year. All right. So you, all of you have talked very warmly about your, your family. And Brittany, as you mentioned, um, our, just as we've kind of said, right, it's hard to fully appreciate what law school is like until you are in law school. And so that applies as well when you're sharing with your family. So everyone understands that law school is, is challenging, but until you're there, you don't know how challenging it can be. Uh, but there's no way that we can do this, right, survive law school without some support. Uh, many of us have support from our families, from our friends, from our community. We're going to have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'd like each of you to talk about how you kind of navigated the um, the requirements of your time in terms of preparing. And, and Malcolm, you mentioned this as well. You were closer to your family when you came to law school, but you had to navigate not necessarily being able to see them as much as you would have liked. How you navigated that space and how your family provided you with the support that you needed to make it through this journey. We're going to have to take a quick break. You are listening to the Legal Eagle Review here on WNCU 90.7 FM. And we are talking this hour with four of our recent law school graduates. We have with us here in our Zoom studio, Malcolm Lewis, Shantae Mays, Brandon Hedgebeth, and Brittany Reeves. We hope you stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Brittany Burks, and I'm currently a 2L at the North Carolina Central University School of Law, and this is your Community Spotlight. The North Carolina Central University School of Law offers four certificate programs. Upon completion of the specified requirements, law students may earn a certificate in civil rights and constitutional law, dispute resolution, tax law, or justice in the practice of law. As a part of the Eagle Promise, NCCU School of Law offers our students four outcomes upon graduation. Completing a degree program on time, becoming socially and globally engaged, proving leadership, and graduating market ready. More information about any law degree program is at 919-530-6610. My name is Brittany Burks with the Legal Eagle Review. Thank you for listening.
And we're back. Thank you again for tuning in to the Legal Eagle Review here on WNCU 90.7 FM. I'm April Dawson and my co-host Irving Joyner is not able to be with us this evening, but he is here as always in spirit. We are talking this hour with four of our recent graduates. This past Saturday on May 6, 2023, we had 122 NCCU School of Law graduates who are soon to be lawyers. Joining us for this discussion, we have Brandon Hedgebeth, Shante Mays, Malcolm Lewis, and Brittany Reeves. So right before the break, I kind of cued you all in on what we were going to be talking about next and the all-important family. One cannot uh, have such an accomplishment without the support of others. And, and oftentimes it's family who's there supporting us, lifting us up. And uh, Ms. Mays, I want to I want to start with you. So of the folks here on this um, in this Zoom studio, you are the only one who is married with children and some young children as well. So can you first start with how you were able to juggle and you talked about this a little bit before, but you were juggling a lot. How were you able to juggle your family kind of commitments and explaining to your young children why you may not have been as available as you were before starting law school and how did having your family around support you and allow you to accomplish this wonderful goal? Yes, absolutely. It was definitely a ton to juggle and a very, very, very difficult and delicate juggle. Um, I want to start with saying this would not have been possible if it wasn't for the husband that I have and the support that he endlessly provided throughout these three years. Um, I, I for sure would not have been able to do law school with three children if I did not have the kind of husband that I have. Uh, maybe if I didn't have children, but definitely not with three children. So I, I could not say enough what a difference it made uh, so much that he said that he deserves to have a cap and gown at graduation too because he truly did invest just as much into this degree as I did um, and I'm incredibly thankful for that not only was it his ability to take on probably 95 percent of the housework and I mean grocery shopping cooking dinner, cleaning, laundry, helping the girls with their homework, their doctor's appointments, being their emotional support, driving them to and from school and doing just, just absolutely everything, keeping up with all their deadlines, their basketball games, their tournaments and, and keeping them involved in sports and allowing me to just drop in when I can. I mean, it was, it was just so much, so much work for him in addition to him running his own business as well. So it wasn't, it wasn't as though being the girl's primary caregiver was his only responsibility. So he juggled a ton. He juggled a ton for me to be able to make this happen. And I'm forever grateful for that. Um, additionally, packing my lunch for school every day and making sure that I had my things laid out, carrying my bags to the car in the morning. I'm just, just tirelessly supporting me through this journey. Um, I'm so, so, so grateful for that. Um, it, like I said, it wouldn't have been possible without the love and support of my husband and also the fact that he was so encouraging to our girls in keeping their mindsets optimistic about how much I was gone. Um, my girls went from me being their prim primary caregiver their entire lives to me being home only a little bit and that was a really hard transition for them, but he was always positively encouraging them to look at the benefits of me being gone and making sure that they truly understood that I was away because I was investing into their futures. And um, it's really hard. Mom guilt is, is really, really, really hard to be a working mom. Um, and so I think that that was the, the biggest battle was kind of just just doing all that he could to make sure that I experienced as little mom guilt as possible and making sure that my girls didn't unintentionally mom guilt me too. So really hard, a lot to juggle there, but it was the, definitely the support that kept me motivated. And just every day being able to look at my girls and remember that I am creating a life for them that I couldn't have dreamed of as a child, you know, and breaking so many generational curses in the process of this and becoming the first in my family for a hundred things. And so, we are just really creating a way different life for our girls and they keep me motivated and encouraged daily to be able to 
to withstand these long, long hours and long days. Excellent. Uh, Mr. Lewis, so you mentioned that your mom was a paralegal, so you were exposed to the law firm early on. Um, so, and you talked about how doing this was something that uh, you think about your mom because it was something that she wanted to do but wasn't able to. Can you talk about how your family supported you? Absolutely. So I think for me, due to moving around a lot and going to all those different places, and I went to three elementary schools, um, two middle schools and four different high schools. So we moved a lot. And I think being in those different environments, being surrounded by many different people from different walks of life and having to find connections and make friends, it, you know, it took away my shyness. It, it built up my confidence in, in being able to network with people from just all different, again, walks of life and just being, uh, just having those good personal and interpersonal skills um, with everyone that I would come across. And I think it was recognized heavily by my family and close friends who I consider family to where they always looked at me as, oh, he can go anywhere, be with anybody and do what he needs to do. He can make friends. He can, you know, whatever he sets his mind to, those goals he can accomplish because he's done so in every single place we've been around, every single group of individuals we've been surrounded by. So I think they had an extreme amount of confidence in my capabilities. And prior to my first year of law school, I did too. Um, and then I think going into law school, that's where I realized, okay, everyone here works hard. You know, that that's kind of what I prided myself on coming into law school. I didn't have a lot of, you know, financial support and I didn't come from, um, I was in a single parent household for a good period of time. So for me, my game plan was always to outwork everyone. You know, I may not have the same amount of resources. I may not have the network you have, but I can outwork you. Um, but to put it in sports terms, there's always the, the saying that, oh, defense, you know, offense will win games, defense wins championships. My sports term was, I think, while offense and defense can help you win games, to me to win a championship is going to take hustle. It's those second chance plays, those second efforts, that second win that you have to kind of get over the hill in order to succeed and achieve that uh, victory. And that was kind of my mindset is I'm going to outwork. When I got to law school, I was surrounded by a lot of workhorses, by a lot of individuals who also had that same work ethic. And, you know, with peers like Ms. Mays and seeing her just grinding when every time I walked into school, she was there. And when I was leaving, she was still there. And I think, so it wasn't just the friends. I mean, it wasn't just the family support that I had. It was also friends. Um, and that carried on to even throughout my years of law school. Uh, me and Mr. Hedgebeth, we did a lot of mentorship with a lot of the two L's and one L's. And I think my one L year, my, you know, I'm still very determined. I, you know, accomplished a lot of goals and I'm still working and I plan to work all, you know, I worked all the way through the finish line. But I think I had a different type of edge and energy coming in my first year and even carrying on into my second year to where, you know, I'm, I'm a law student. I, you know, I, I got to do this. I got I to do that. And just kind of having that aura and that just mindset. And, you know, once you go through and you've been punching and, and law school's been punching back and you feel like, okay, law school might be winning a little bit when you get into your third year of law school, you're so close to the end that sometimes that's all you're looking at. Like, I'm just ready to go. I'm ready to be done with this. I'm ready to be done with school. I don't want to read another case. I don't want to brief another case. I don't want to write another memo. Uh, but I think continuing to be surrounded by those one L's and two L's and them having that same energy and you know that mindset, it kind of re-sparked mine to carry me on through my third year of law school. So I had tremendous support from my family to they never stopped having the confidence in me. And I think that's what kind of I was able to maintain that and then just keeping that diligent mindset and you know my work ethic came from friends from you know people who graduated with me to those who are graduating um and soon you know soon so yeah all right excellent so mr hedgebeth uh talk with us about how your family and friends supported you and also share with us why it was important to you to assume a leadership role, which was consistent with 
you know, kind of your leadership endeavors in undergrad, you are the Student Bar Association president this year. Um, and, and of course, in a position as a student leader, none of the accomplishments can be done without a very supportive team. And you've been incredibly complimentary about those that, that have worked with you this, this year. You all have had an incredibly successful year. So uh, share with us about the support you've received. Oh, yes, ma'am. Um, so I come from an extremely close-knit family. Uh, they're my village. So everybody raised me, you know, my brother, my aunts, cousins, grandparents. So um, it, it was weird not being able to be a part of stuff when I was used to constantly being around my folks, even throughout undergrad and even before then, of course. And uh, they understood um, and would try to give me my space. I will say that my mom, though, even though she could visibly see my struggle and she would support me, she still wanted to talk to me. And she still wanted to have long conversations. And she's like, okay, I just got one more story for one more story. I'm like, all right, it's been it's been an hour. I gotta I have to read this case. You know, Professor Green's gonna be on me tomorrow again. Um, but still, even with that being the case, I grew up in church and my family is a, a very praying family. They prayed for me. Um, they know I'm not the type to ask for very many favors. Um, but they would still rally around me and anything that I could have possibly needed, they will all come together to make sure I had it. So I didn't have to, you know, figure things out. Um, they spoke life into me and affirmed me so that I knew I could do it. So I guess ultimately what my family did for me is they kept me emotionally and mentally strong. So I never doubted myself uh, throughout this process. You know, I did want to quit from time to time. I, I never did. Um, I guess for a student bar association, uh, I had a particular experience in undergrad and um, I was able to do a lot and, and change a lot positively um, from the people that I uh, was able to work with and administrators I was able to collaborate then. And um, I, I felt like I had a lot of successful events in undergrad, but I wanted to, even though it was law school, I wanted to try to give as close to an undergraduate event feel as I could, even with us being in law school. And I wanted our peers to be able to build relationships with each other because our first year we weren't able to really do so because we're in a time of COVID and we're in person, then we're at, at home and then we're meeting, but we're taking tests and that's kind of like the time we see each other. And um, I wanted I wanted to, I wanted the mission to be true. And when people talk about, you know, coming to NCCU, they talk about it being close knit. Well, I wanted NCCU all to prove it. Um, and I wanted to be a part of that and I wanted to do something special and, you know, try to see what the needs of our, our class and our student body was, whether it had been student health and wellness, because I feel like that's an area that is always a, a big issue, but nobody or people don't uh, readily try to address it or find solution to um, partnering with different offices in the building and on the undergraduate campus and trying to make sure that you know, there are opportunities for career services in areas that people want to see and making sure that people's, our peers, uh, questions, comments, concerns, and thoughts and inquiries are uh, being presented to faculty members in the faculty meetings. And um, really just wanted to uh, serve my class and, and uh, be a, a, a middle man, I guess, for lack of better words, to just connect uh, our student, our, our student body to the administrators to have a good year and uh, leave on a, a very positive note. And and that you you did, and all of you have done. So, Miss Reeves, you've talked about your family. You talked about your father's case and how that was an inspiration for you. So, how else has your family supported you to be able to accomplish um, your getting your JD and your master's? Yeah, so um, I would say because of um, our financial situation, of course, my parents couldn't afford to send me to private schools or, or charter schools. Um, but my mother uh, specifically, she was very good at making sure that the schools that I did attend were um, had some type of special program. Um, both my parents, especially like being a military family, they were very, very big on us being well-rounded um, like students, but also well-rounded people. And so um, I think like every school that I went to had some type of special 
um, program for middle school. I went to like classical school. So it was an art school. Um, but it was like classical arts. Um, and then for the early college, it's um, Kamala International. So it's a curriculum based on cultural studies. Um, and so my mom, like she would look up what schools were good, do the research, see how we could get to school if the buses didn't come to get us. Um, very much went out of her way to make sure that not only me, but my siblings were able to have those opportunities. And um, I'm a very big daddy's girl. Um, so I could say a lot about uh, my father and his support um, during this time. I don't think I realized how nerve wracking it was for my parents for me to go to law school as early as I did until now. Um, I feel like they talk about it more now, but it was very scary for them because um, first of all, law school wasn't something that they had experience with. And then they weren't sure how it was going to affect me um, mentally. So mentally or emotionally, I can do the work, but is that gonna damage you know, the type of person or um, the way she sees the world or how she handles things? Is that gonna be an issue? Um, so I would say like specifically for my father. So my father, he went to college, but he joined the army while he was in college. So he um, did not go any further uh, education wise, but he's one of the smartest people I know. And he knows me like the back of his hand. And um, I vividly remember him not knowing what I was experiencing. I would not say anything to him, but he will always know what to say to make me okay, I need to get back when I do what I need to do, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't like telling me what I needed to do. He would just say something and it would just inspire me to go ahead and uh, carry out the task. Um, another thing is, you know, you're one a year, they're like, you can't work. And um, a lot of people don't know because of the financial situation again. For undergrad, I was finishing undergrad in a year, but I was also working two jobs. So um, I was covering my, um, my own expenses, um, and then sending some money home. And I couldn't work my one all year and I was very frustrated about how I was gonna be able uh, to sustain myself. And so I had family here in Durham who, as soon as they found out I was accepted, they didn't even ask my parents um, if I wanted to stay. They were like, oh, we have a room. We're gonna go ahead and put a bed in there and all this other stuff. I had a place to stay. And then my dad, um, he had now had his benefits from his case. And so he put money aside to send me each and every month, like all throughout my one year to make sure that I didn't have to worry about money. Probably for the first time in my life, I did not have to worry about money. He made sure that I had everything I needed um, to, to be successful. And another form of support that I feel like um, he provided is sometimes I, he laughs about this all the time, but sometimes I literally will go home and I wouldn't say, I would literally just put my head on his chest, but I would not say anything. I would just be like very overwhelmed. But he would just sit there and stand there for about five, 10 minutes. And then I was like, all right, I'm good. Go ahead, do what I have to do. But um, yeah, I don't think I would have been able to do any of this without the foundation my parents provided and the support that they continuously uh, give me. So yeah. Well, thank you all for sharing so much about one, your journey and um, and your family support. I, as I mentioned before, I've had the pleasure of getting to know each of you, but I've learned something new. Um, and this is very, very heartwarming. Uh, again, Professor Joyner is here uh, with us in, in spirit as always. And he and I both extend our sincere congratulations. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but we would like to, I'm going to go ahead and extend an invitation to have you all come back because one of the things that we didn't get a chance to talk about is what's next in your journey. And so after you all take the bar, pass the bar, we're going to bring you back and we're going to do like a, a year reflection so you all can bring us all up to date. You all are amazing students. I know your family is so incredibly proud. We, the NCCU School of Law family, we are incredibly proud and we wish you much success. So we are out of time, but we'd like to thank Brittany Reeves, Brandon Hedgebeth, Shantae Mays, and Malcolm Lewis for spending this hour with us and sharing with us their journey on going from first year law student to law school graduate. They have incredibly bright futures and we look forward to catching up with them in the future. 
We hope you've enjoyed the show. And of course, our listening audience, we appreciate you spending your Sunday evening with us. If you have any questions, please send us an email. You can reach us at legaleaglereview at nccu.edu. And if you ever miss this show on Sunday, you can find us on the Legal Eagle Review podcast. Until next week, stay informed, engaged, healthy, and safe.